0: CHAPTER five of THE MYSTERY OF THE HIDDEN ROOM This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. THE MYSTERY OF THE HIDDEN ROOM by Marion Harvey CHAPTER Five, THE SECRETARY What was Orton going to say? How many of last night's events had come under his notice? I had no recollection of having seen him until he had turned on the study lights, yet ruth had been manifestly uneasy and had thought that she had heard his step in the hall where had he been when ruth left the drawing-room and how close was he to the scene of the tragedy when the shot was fired but all this was idle conjecture i would know soon enough what i had to fear from this man and as i caught the ugly gleam in his prominent eyes when he turned them for an instant my way i realized that he would do his very best to hurt me my peremptory manner last night would be paid back in full measure for measure and he was cunning enough to guess that he could wound me most through ruth you are mr darwin's secretary the coroner was saying when i was once more cognizant of my surroundings i am his private secretary i have charge of his business affairs with a trace of condescension beneath his apparent humility where do you discharge your duties at his office in broad street i attend to his correspondence is it not odd that a man of mr darwin's uh, wealth should introduce his secretary on an equal footing with his family The secretary squirmed, and the man beside me grinned delightedly through his forest of red whiskers. "'I am a distant connection of the family,' answered Orton. "'I, uh, he asked me to make my home with him a month ago.' "'And how long have you been in his employ?' "'About two months.' "'You are then acquainted with his private affairs also?' not at all only those relating to his business and what is this business you are always talking about inquired the coroner ironically in his opinion rich men evidently had no need of occupation he was director of the darwin bank answered orton discomfited he also played on the market a speculator huh did he also play fast and loose in his domestic affairs continued the coroner with a shrewdness i should not have given him credit for for a moment orton was puzzled then a great light dawned upon him and he laughed feebly yes he was not on good terms with his wife if that is what you mean he was not what you would call a model husband what an infernal idiot that fellow is said the man beside me with a sneer but i was too much concerned with what orton would reveal to take any interest in side comments you testified last night you had heard the shot remarked the coroner changing the subject abruptly where were you at that particular time on the stairs i had been doing some work in the little room beyond the study and on my way to my room had paused on the lower step to count the strokes of the hall clock. Just as I finished counting twelve the shot rang out," answered Orton very humbly, as if anxious to efface his personality from the minds of his listeners. What did you do then? My first impulse was to flee up the stairs. I am a timid man and dislike the sight of bloodshed. But some time previously I had heard a step in the hall and looking out had seen Mrs. Darwin enter the study. Fearing that it was she who was hurt, I followed Mr. Davies into the study. He wiped his brow with a trembling hand, and I mentally decided that he had had a bad minute concocting that piece of testimony, for one part of it at least was a decided fabrication. Ruth had been in the study only a minute, and had not gone in some time before, as he tried to imply. "'Mr. Davies entered ahead of you? Where did he come from?' queried the coroner. "'He was in the drawing-room, which is nearer the study than the stairs, and so he reached the room first. But he paused at the door for a minute, and I was right behind him when he spoke to Mrs. Darwin. "'What did he say to Mrs. Darwin?' he cried out ruth and she dropped something shiny from her hand and fainted while mr davies picked her up i turned on the light and noticed for the first time that mr darwin was dead another prevarication he could no more have helped knowing who had been shot than if he was right behind me as he said the study was in darkness then No, there was a small lamp lighted on the table, but it did not give sufficient light to distinguish clearly the rest of the room. And when you turned on the light, how many persons were in the room? Just Mr. Davies, Mrs. Darwin, and I. Might there not have been someone else who left by the windows before you lighted the room? no for i locked the windows at mr darwin's request a half hour before and they were still locked when the police arrived could anyone have escaped by the door then impossible for i should have seen that person besides mr davies was at the door almost immediately after the shot was fired you said mrs darwin had something shiny in her hand were you able to tell what it was yes it was a pistol he said with a triumphant look in my direction that's a lie cried a man's voice and ruth's chauffeur detached himself from the group of servants to shake a finger beneath orton's nose it's a lie you miserable little worm take it back or i'll wring your neck I think he would have done it, too, had not a policeman thrust him out into the hall, where he remained to curse Orton roundly before he moved away. A servant's loyalty to a sweet and gentle mistress, and I determined it should not go unrewarded, for nowadays such loyalty is rare. The murmur of approval that followed this act, showing in what odium the secretary was held by the servants, made the coroner a little doubtful of this man and more than ever anxious that his statement be properly substantiated have you any reason to suspect mrs darwin other than the fact that she held the pistol in her hand he asked after due deliberation she knew that mr darwin kept a pistol in the drawer of this table and she had quarrelled with him an hour and a half before replied orton with a triumphant expression on his pale face. "'She quarreled with him, you say? "'Tell me all you know about it. "'Mr. Darwin was away for dinner, "'and I believe he returned about ten-thirty, "'but of this I cannot be absolutely sure, "'since he has a key of his own, "'and I was in the study with the door closed. "'What were you doing in the study?' "'interrupted the coroner. "'I was answering some letters which Mr. Darwin had left for me,' replied Orton. "'Mason testified that the study was usually kept locked,' continued the coroner. "'Have you also a duplicate key?' "'No, I have no key. He told me he would leave the door open for me, and he unlocked it before he left the house,' returned Orton quietly. "'Go on with your story.' at ten-thirty mr darwin entered the study and told me to call mrs darwin resumed orton she as you know answered the summons at first they talked in low tones but presently from their raised voices i knew that they were quarrelling and quarrelling bitterly for i heard mr darwin threaten to do something or other to mr davies then mrs darwin opened the door And rushed upstairs, and Mr. Darwin called me to him. He said that he was expecting a visitor, but wished me to watch Mrs. Darwin's movements, and when he summoned to me, to report them to him. After which he closed and locked the door. It was then that I heard Mrs. Darwin telling her maid to make haste. I hurried to the back stairs and followed Annie to the garage, where I heard her instructions to the chauffeur. Coming back to the house, I hung around the darkened hall, and while I waited I heard voices in the study, but I was unable to distinguish whose they were. Then Mrs. Darwin came downstairs, and I drew back into the little room next the study to await developments. She lighted the drawing room, and about 11.25 she opened the front door, admitted Mr. Davies, locked the door, and led him into the drawing room. It must have been about five minutes later that Mr. Darwin called me to the study and asked for my report. He was seated in that chair, leaning back with his pen in his hand, and in just the same position as we found him when he had been shot, I told him what I had seen, and he laughed and clapped his hands softly as if something tickled his fancy. So we've a broker in the house, eh? he said. He should know how to play fast and loose, eh? I'll make him useful, this broker lover of our stainless Ruth. Orton got no further it was more than flesh and blood could endure to sit and hear him repeat that odious man's remarks in that softly insinuating voice stop i cried springing to my feet your honor i protest against such things being dragged into this court of inquiry that will do mr davies said the coroner stiffly but i believe he feared to antagonize me too far "'for he said to Orton, "'You need not repeat Mr. Darwin's conversation.' "'Orton bowed obsequiously in deference to his superior. "'Oh, how I despised him!' "'It was then that he told me to lock the windows, "'and he was laughing when I left the room,' finished Orton. "'Do you know what occasioned the quarrel between the husband and wife?' "'Suddenly inquired the inquisitive juror. "'It was a love letter that Mrs. Darwin had written to Mr. Davies,' said Orton. "'I think the coroner was afraid he was going to divulge its contents, "'for he interposed hurriedly. "'Did anyone else know that the pistol was kept in this table-drawer?' "'No, only Mrs. Darwin and myself.' "'Is this the pistol in question?' pointing to the revolver." "'Yes, it belongs to Mr. Darwin, and has his initials engraved on the handle.' The coroner nodded in confirmation. "'Do you recognize this handkerchief?' Holding up a dainty, lace-covered bit of cambric, partly stained with blood. "'I have seen Mrs. Darwin carry one like it.' "'Are you and Mrs. Darwin the only members of the household?' "'We were last night.' Mrs. Darwin's father has been away for two weeks on a vacation, and Lee Darwin, Mr. Darwin's nephew, left the house yesterday morning. What do you mean? He had a dispute with his uncle, and I overheard Mr. Darwin tell Lee to get out and stay out, which he promptly did. He went to the Yale Club and has not been back since that is all mr orton gregory called the coroner yes sir answered that worthy go to the yale club and inquire for mr lee darwin if possible bring him here very good sir when the policeman had gone the coroner turned to me now mr davies we will hear what you have to say End of chapter 5